This is episode 261, What to Do When Others Aren't Meeting Your Needs with Melissa. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they wanna accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. So happy to have you here. As a reminder, every Wednesday, there's a numbered episode, like this is 261, which is an unscripted, unedited, unproduced live coaching session with me and an incredibly brave and giving and generous soul who agrees to share something so intimate with all of you. And every Saturday, I have a little coach's corner where I do an interview or I just come on and talk to you. Last week, I shared some tips for how to navigate this intense time. So you may want to go back and check that out as well. Today, I have Melissa joining me. And Melissa happened to be at our Inner Child Workshop this past weekend. And it's not too late to join us for level two. Level two is September 25th through 27th. It's a live virtual workshop, but it's available for 30 days afterwards virtually. So if you can't make it live or can't make it live for all of it, it's totally fine. It's recorded. You can join us anytime from anywhere. If you can make it live, great. If you can't, that's fine. In order to do level two, you have to complete level one. So what we've done is we've made the recordings of level one available to you and you can buy level one and level two as a bundle. If you go to christinehassler.com slash inner child bundle, and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. That way you get the recordings to level one. You can do those before level two and then hop in and join us for level two, or you can buy them both. And then you have until October 26th to complete them both. So it's all explained if you go to christinehassler.com slash inner child bundle. And I think you'll hear in the session with Melissa, how aware she is and how Um, in touch she is with her inner child wounding and how that impacts her relationship, in this case, her marriage. And it was just such a profound workshop with awareness and changes and shifts. And you listen to the show. And I think one of the things that always comes up in the show is anything that's happening now has a tie to your past. And we don't need to spend our whole life processing our inner child stuff. We really need to just get that connection back with that inner child and learn how to connect and parent that little one inside of us to really access our most healthy, precious, joyful, sensitive, sovereign, intuitive self. So the inner child workshop is not all this heavy processing stuff. It's really about getting in that connection with that little one so that you become allies and so that it doesn't keep unconsciously sabotaging you because it's trying to get your attention. So head on over, check it out. If it resonates with you, we'd love you to join us. One thing that we teach in inner child level one is something called the five personality patterns based on a book by Stephen Kessler, which is an incredible book. And he outlines five survival strategies that he calls personality patterns that are developed at various stages in our life from womb till up about age five. 
And these survival patterns create certain personalities and our personality isn't necessarily us. It's not our essence. In a lot of ways, our personality is formed by the beliefs and coping strategies we've had to adopt to stay safe, get our needs met, feel validated, et cetera. So in addition to attachment styles, which we teach in inner child workshop, we also teach the five personality patterns, again, based on the work of Stephen Kessler, because it's really, really, really useful. And I wanted to say that because in the beginning of the episode, Melissa mentions the merging pattern. And you might be like, what the heck is she talking about? I have no idea what that is. And the merging pattern is a pattern that develops usually in early infancy, one month to 18 months when in some way needs aren't getting met in the way we need them. Maybe we're not getting fed enough or we're getting fed too much or we're not being soothed enough. We're just really not able to get our needs met in the way that our little soul and body needs. And so there's a a pattern that develops that starts reaching outside of us to get our needs met, like always looking for other people to get our needs met. And that's obviously exacerbated by what happens in our childhood, which once you hear Melissa's story, you'll also understand why she reaches out to get her needs met. The flip side of the merging pattern is the compensated merging pattern. And instead of reaching out to get our needs met, often what we'll do in that pattern is go meet everybody else's needs. So kind of be codependent in I'll fix myself through you and just being a savior and being that people pleaser and trying to heal and take care of everybody else instead of really learning how to get our own needs met. So I just wanted to touch on that before we get into the show because she mentions it. And again, this is all something that we outline in the inner child workshop level one. So that's level one. And you can learn more about that if you join us. So some things to consider when you're listening to this episode with Melissa As a child, did you ever feel abandoned or neglected? Do you get triggered in your relationships when you feel someone else isn't meeting your needs or showing up the way you'd like them to? Do you have patterns of reaching out to others to get your needs met? And can you say without a shadow of a doubt that you know how to meet your own needs? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my session with Melissa. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this show. We got a new sponsor. You're going to be excited to hear about this one, especially if you love comfy, beautiful clothes. So if you love clothes that are both stylish and super comfortable with a dash of refined simplicity, then you're really going to love Jenny Kane. I'm the kind of person, I love stylish clothes. I also really like to be comfortable and so many super stylish clothes, in my opinion, are not comfortable. (laughs) That's why I opt for Jenny Kane with her timeless neutrals and classic styles. Jenny Kane designs pieces for the California state of mind. And you know, even though I live in Texas now, still have that a little bit. So Jenny Kane believes in finding your version of the daily uniform. For me in the summer, it's pretty much a tank top and shorts, but in the winter, I love cozy sweaters. And I just got a Jenny Kane cashmere open, awesome, cozy sweater that I cannot wait to wear. In fact, a couple nights ago, Steph was really hot and he had the AC pumping And I didn't mind because it gave me an excuse to wear my new sweater, which I just love. And Jenny Kane doesn't just have wardrobe essentials. She has everything to make your space feel like home. You'll find timeless pieces designed to stand the test of time in her accessories for your house. 
Some of the Jenny Kane signature pieces include her mule in leather, suede, and more. It's that classic shoe that really started it all. It's effortless comfort, endless versatility. And you'll also love her Fisherman and Cocoon from Cashmere to Cotton. These are cozy sweaters for year-round wear. Well, maybe not if you live in Austin, Texas, but I pump up the AC, I can. They're super soft and lightweight and pairs perfectly with weekends or work days, whether warm or cold. So here is your call to action. Make getting dressed the easiest part of your routine at jennykane.com. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com and get 20%. 20 whole percent off your first order when you use the code over it and check out. That's jennykane.com, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code over it for 20%. 20% good percent. So head on over there, get your cozy sweaters, your household accessories, your shoes, whatever you need, get it all. I think that you'll really enjoy it. And now on to my coaching session with Melissa. Melissa, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. So I realized, so I am of like emerging patterns. And so I latch onto my husband. And sometimes I don't know my needs or my feelings or like even the boundaries between us. Mm-hmm. And I realized I project like anger or my abandonment wound onto him and notice that a lot of what I want him to do is what I fail to do for myself. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do I find my boundaries or what I really need and not come up as like self-betrayal? What do you mean self-betrayal? I feel like I, there's something in me that know what my needs are, but I don't acknowledge it. So it feels like I don't give myself what I need in that sense. Okay. What do you want or expect from your husband? What do you want him to do for you? Um, well, I want him to be there for me. What does that mean? And su- let's really break like, this down. Support me. So he's kind of a workaholic. I mean, he has a lot of projects going on and sometimes I just want like us to spend time together and, or like, I want him to like sleep at a certain time. I just feel like I tend to be a little controlling in that sense. I've, I've noticed it now also. And then if he doesn't do according to like what I want him to do, then I feel triggered. Mm-hmm. And when you get triggered, what happens? So the last time I got triggered, I was actually, I became really pissed. And then I projected onto him and he, you know, he felt hurt. And I feel it's really unfair because whatever anger that gets me triggered, it may not even be about <laughs> situation I feel. And then I just like lash out onto him. Yeah. Well, you have amazing awareness, amazing awareness, just your language around everything. (laughs) Your awareness around everything is really, really great. So what's the emotion that's coming up? A resentment, little, little resentment. I feel like. Who do you resent? I resent him not being with me when I need him sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then I also think I have like an abandonment thing going on. <laughs> Tell me about that. Where do you think you've been abandoned in your childhood? So like my brother's autistic, so he gets a lot more attention than me and he's younger than me and I'm older. And so I guess growing up, you know, I'm, I, I felt kind of pulled like 
he would get attention. Obviously, I know why. But then at the same time, I'm like, I'm still here. You know, I'm like, a, I'm still your child. And so if I, and we went through like some uh, pretty intense things growing up. And so if I was alone, then I would just be alone in my emotions or like, and then my parents wouldn't come and like acknowledge me or whatever happened. Like they would be in their own bubble. What were the um, things that you guys went through that were really hard? You can just kind of bullet point it. Um, yeah. So my brother is like autistic. He he became violent um, okay. during puberty. And so if my parents had to like contain him while he's violent, they didn't want me around because obviously they wanted me to be safe. But then at the same time, I was angry because I felt like I had to fix it or like I couldn't help them. And then I was just left alone. And so all these emotions, it was just like by myself. And I just feel so, yeah, I just feel like I'm left alone. So maybe like that's like the abandoning. Mm -hmm. And then no one comes and acknowledge me after. Yeah, I think that was like a huge part. I think you're right. That makes a lot of sense, Melissa. How old were you when your brother was born? I was three. We're three years apart. Okay. Okay. So yeah. three years old. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, this all makes so much sense. <laughs> and I know you know that. <laughs> and that feeling like you were kind of emotionally abandoned and that your brother who was, you know, had higher needs and needed more attention, that you were sort of just, it was almost like it was assumed that you could just take care of yourself. And I think that's the through line is there's anger and resentment from you as a child. Like if I could give words to your little girl, it may sound something like this. Mom and dad, like you think I can just take care of my own needs because I'm not autistic, but I'm just a kid and I have needs too. And can't you see my needs? I can't meet them all myself. Does that sound? Yeah. 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 It sounds, sounds right. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's not like your parents left you, right? They were still there, but there was almost an assumption that you were fine. And I can just see this angry little girl being like, Hey, I'm not fine. I'm not fine over here, guys. Like I'm really not okay. And, but you couldn't Mm. voice that because your brother. Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't want to burden them more. And I didn't want to take up space in that, you know, attention part. And I would always withdraw to my room. So that's also a part of like my adult, like, like right. um, behavior. I would like withdraw if right. we're in a conflict. Right. I just want to know, like, if I get triggered, you know, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go there yet. Let's, let's back up just okay. a little bit. So we always, we don't always, we very often pick spouses and relationship partners that are helping us heal unmet needs and wounds from our parents. So your husband has a little bit of the abandonment pattern going on by him working so much, right? Because instead of the brother getting all the attention, now it's work. And you're kind of here again going, hey, like I know you're busy working, but I have needs over here too. Like I'm just as important as work. So in your childhood, Mm -hmm. you felt like you're competing with your brother and now you feel like you're competing with his work. Yeah. 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 
So I do feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that. And that makes a lot of sense. And you're feeling that and getting triggered by it because you want to heal this. Like all triggers are there to serve us. They are because it's sounding the alarm that there's a wound that's being triggered or a belief system that needs updating. So it's not so much from my point of view, how do you deal with yourself in the triggers? It's more, how do you not get triggered so much, if that makes sense? Mm. And then the next question is, how do you deal with yourself in the triggers? So I'm really glad you did the inner child workshop. Did you find that, Melissa, you did have some communication with little Melissa? I, I did. I did, actually. And after the workshop, I was thinking I want to tell my mom about the workshop because she knew I went to it, but she didn't know what it was about. So I checked in with um, little Mel on like the, the day after and she wasn't ready. And then the day after that, she was ready. And I actually told my mom about it. And then this was like the first time in like 25 years that I said that, hey, you know, I have some trauma around this. And she is kind of an avoidant person. She mm-hmm. just like, acknowledged it she said okay and I just felt like I wanted something more but I I also accept that it was hard for her to hear it yeah so yeah one of the ways that we usually don't heal is by going to the people that inflicted the initial wound and wanting them to understand Mm -hmm. so it's very brave of you and very courageous for you to go to mom and Mm -hmm. it probably also in some ways reinforce the wound of really not feeling understood and not feeling heard. And once again, not getting your needs met. And that right there, Melissa, is the merging pattern, reaching out to someone else to get understanding, to get soothing, so on and so forth. And I hate to break it to you, but mom, dad, husband, brother, me, no one is going to be able to eat, like heal this wound other than you. You're never going to feel like you're able to get all your needs met by another person. When we learn how to know our needs and meet our needs ourselves, we get better at communicating healthy needs to others. But when we're in this pattern of reaching out for someone else to get us our unmet needs, it's usually we're wanting them to meet the needs we need to meet for ourselves rather than being able to communicate needs in a healthy way, needs that don't come from wounding, needs that really just come from authenticity and honesty and presence, right? So you didn't do anything wrong. I just want to emphasize you didn't do anything wrong by going to your mom. I'm just protective of that little girl inside of you. And I don't want her to keep getting disappointed by other people. Right. Because that's the theme. You know, she reaches out. She kind of does sort of maybe get some needs met, but not in the way that you need. So this is such an inside job. It's such an inside job of you really, like when you feel an urge. So let's, let's, let's use the mom example. When you wanted to reach out to her, what was that urge? What was that need that you wanted her to fulfill? What did you want? I wanted some acknowledgement, I guess, of like, I wanted her to see that, hey, you know, I I have ac- accepted the past and I actually managed to 
kind of forgive myself for not trying to fix the past. I just wanted her to see that, like, or, and I also wanted her to see that I actually endured something. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah. 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 And I, I hear that. I hear that. And some people, she may never be able to, because then she'd have to look at what she did and she might not be ready for that. Denial is a very powerful protective strategy. And although you may be able to see something clearly, she may not be able to. And that doesn't give an excuse, but, but I just wanted to use that as an example to show you, because the, the, the direction of going to her is more the reinforcing yeah. the pattern and reinforcing the wounding. Oh, that's interesting. And the direction to go to reinforce the healing would be to feel that urge because that's, you can't make the urges go away until you do a lot of work and healing around this. It needs some time. Like patterns are habitual. And so it needs, they need some time to integrate. So right now you're probably going to feel the urge. So you feel that urge to reach out for mom, the acknowledgement and you acknowledge that. Okay. I'm feeling like I want to reach out to my mom. What do I need from her? What do I expect from her? I want her to acknowledge me. Okay. I'm a sovereign mean. I am my own inner parent to myself. I'm capable of giving myself that acknowledgement. So then you could do the empty chair process and talk to that little girl and say, little Melissa, I see you. I know you went through being not heard. You could write her a letter. You could go stand in front of the mirror and say it. There's lots of ways to meet the need, but just be really clear on what the need is and how to meet it yourself. So if I, okay, I understand now. So if I did like meet that need by myself and then if I reach out to my mom after, cause I just want her to know where I'm at also like, you know, to make sure she's still in my life when I'm undergoing this kind of like healing work. So would that also count towards the merging? Like, I just want to like establish a connection. Yeah. So this is how ingrained the pattern is, Right. Because I gave you the the way to heal and there's a part of you that still wants to reach out to mom. Right. And that's okay. You're not doing anything yeah. wrong. But just notice that it's really, really hard for you to let go of wanting her to know. Mm. And again, that comes from a little girl who felt neglected by mom. I totally get it. It makes so much sense. But just because something makes sense doesn't mean it's healthy or for our highest good. So it, it almost has to get to, you don't really care if your mom ever gets it. You can have a conversation with her. And if she asks you, you can share, but having the expectation and have like wanting something from her, what you got to watch out for is when you want something from somebody, because that becomes needy, not a healthy expression of needs with the communication of how to meet them. Like when I ask my husband to do something for me, like I need you to fill in the blank. I explain exactly to him how to do it. I don't expect him to be a mind reader. I don't come from that needy, empty place because that's the difference between being needy in a wounded way and being having needs in a healthy way. When we're needy in a wounded way, we don't know how to meet our needs and we want somebody else to do it for us. It's like, I don't know how to do this. It's a difference between going to a foreign country with a translator and them speaking everything for you 
and learning the language yourself and being able to communicate. Does that make sense, right. Melissa? Yeah, that yeah, it does. So when it comes to my husband, I guess it's the same way. Like I would have to ask myself what I want. Exactly. So whenever what's what's something that triggers you with him where you want him to do something? I know you said him spending more time with you, but what else? Uh, I guess, I don't know, like simple stuff, like doing the dishes or getting things done around the house. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what does that, what do you think that need is inside of you? Besides just that, like the action of it, what would that provide you Mm -hmm. with him doing that? A sense that it's either I, so, so this is what I can't figure out. It's either control or I would feel like, okay, he's like, you know, doing his part of like the marriage, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess, or like mm-hmm. doing his part of like. So once again, you feel not tended to. Once again, you feel neglected. Once again, you feel overburdened, just like you did as a kid, overburdened with having to manage your own emotions in life. Right? Uh, I see. So you go in and you say, okay, what's underneath this desire for help around the house is a need to feel supported and a need to feel like someone has my back. And that's when you go in and talk to little Melissa and say, I see you, I support you. And I will learn how to communicate and express my needs in a healthy way. So then when it comes to husband, you don't go emasculate him or go, go being controlling or any of those things. You say, look, what's your husband's name? Uh, Daniel. Okay. Say Daniel. I so appreciate everything you're doing for our family. I see how hard you work and I'm grateful for it. And I need a little more help around the house with, and just give some specific examples because that provides me with such a sense of safety and such a sense of support And I feel like I can relax more and I can really enjoy my amazing time with you where it doesn't feel like I'm always just doing house stuff. That makes so much sense. (laughs) And that's much different than coming at him and being controlling or getting upset or being, you know, it's a different energy. And then he can hear you. I need this. It will provide me with this because it's not a needy energy. It's more of an empowered energy. Because you, you inside of yourself met your need to feel heard. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it's much easier to get people to hear you (laughs) when we meet our own need to get heard instead of expecting someone else to hear us. It's, it's, I see humans do it all the time, including myself. We so want to be heard. We go communicate in a way that makes us basically unable to be heard (laughs) and then get mad that we're not heard. But if we hear ourselves... And really get to the bottom of it, then we can communicate in a way where people can really hear us. Got it. Yeah. More empty chair. Yeah. It's it's really just communicating with that little girl and and using the triggers to go, uh uh-oh, there's a need. I have a need. What do I need? How do I want to feel? And then give that to yourself. So use, don't expect not to be triggered just because you did the workshop and we had this conversation. It will probably happen because you're in a growth period. But when the triggers happen, go, okay, awesome. Hooray. There's a trigger. I'm triggered. All right. Let me go inside and work this trigger. The trigger means there's a need that I have that's not being met. What's the need? How do I need to meet that need within myself rather than reaching out 
and grasping for somebody to meet that. I like that. I used to be very fearful of getting triggered. And then so if I get triggered, I would try to like push it down and be like, I don't need this. Like, I don't know what's happening. But now I like that you said that getting triggered is like an opportunity for me to practice finding out what my needs are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to say the the self-responsibility that you were taking, Melissa, as we've been talking, Mm -hmm. you haven't pushed back once. You haven't been, but no, it's so hard. You've taken responsibility. (laughs) You already are, have made so much progress. Already made so much progress. You, you didn't show up to this call expecting me to fix this. You really heard and saw what you could do. So you're already shifting this. And I really, it's important that you see that. Yeah. Thanks, Christine. You're welcome. You're welcome. Does this give you some clarity and some ways to work through this? Yeah, it definitely did. It made me see how ingrained my pattern is. Even the whole reaching out to my mother, I didn't see that as a part of merging. And no self beat for that. Yeah. That's that's totally yeah. okay. It's it's great that it happened because then we could talk about it on this call. So everything's for our learning and growth. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was so nice to uh, chat with you again. Thank you, Melissa, so very much for your honesty and vulnerability. As I said to you in the show, you just have such amazing awareness on this and we're so coachable. And that just shows how much you're already really learning how to meet your own needs because you weren't projecting all over me to to meet your needs. You're really listening and you're really showing up and that's really amazing progress. So I broke down a lot in the call, but I'll just highlight a few things. As you heard, Melissa had a challenging childhood in which she was her parents' only child until she was around three. And then her brother came along. So it's always an adjustment. Well, we'll say it's usually an adjustment for an older sibling to welcome in another sibling. I'm sure even those of you who had a pet, a dog or a cat, and then you had a baby, you saw how the dad, dog or cat responded. So imagine being a child and having one, two, three, four years, five, six years with only your parents and then another sibling coming along. And even though you may love that sibling and love having a little brother or sister, it is a change. It is an adjustment. And for Melissa, it was a particularly big adjustment because he came with special needs. Being an autistic boy, there were behavioral things. His parents needed to give him a lot of attention. And Melissa felt like she was abandoned. And even though she wasn't physically abandoned, her parents were there, she still felt emotionally abandoned and neglected. And that's an important distinction. I think a lot of people think that in order to have abandonment wounds, you had to have been physically abandoned. Like someone had to actually leave or die or something like that. Not true. Someone can be physically present and still feel abandoned, especially if you don't feel like your needs are being met. So for Melissa, she really felt like one, her brother got more attention, but two, as I talked about in the call, it was sort of assumed that she was fine when she wasn't. She was often suffering and needed more attention and needed more of the things that her parents probably couldn't give her because they were just 
drained from their other child and probably left Melissa to figure out a lot on her own. And again, it's not awful. It's not like they abused her or left her or totally neglected her. However, it's still really landing as an abandonment wound for her, which is why she's with the husband that she's with. Because again, he's not awful. He's not being neglectful or abandoning her. So it's more subtle, just like it was with her parents. But what she's feeling is he's making work more of the priority than her. So she's once again, just like she was when she was a little girl in this place where she's like, see me, see me, meet my needs. Why are you making something else more important than me? I need this. I need that. I need this. And because she's got that merging pattern of reaching out for other people to fulfill her needs, she hasn't quite learned how to meet her needs on her own. And I just want to talk about needs for a moment. And I talked about this in the show and I want to break it down a little more. We live in an interdependent world, okay? If you haven't noticed, you're not the only person on the planet. There's a gazillion billion other people on the planet. That means we live in an interdependent world. So we don't want to be totally dependent on others, but we're interdependent. We work together as humans. And in families and in marriages and romantic relationships and partnerships, it is healthy to have needs. I'm never going to say, oh, we should never have needs. We should be able to fulfill all our own needs. I think that would be appropriate. If I was the only person on the planet, then yeah, I'd have to figure it out myself. But none of us are. The difference is the way the needs are communicated and the energy it rides on. There's a difference between being needy because we're trying to get someone else to fulfill a wound or fill a void versus clearly expressing our needs to another person in a way that we can basically teach them how to meet it. So if I'm in a place where, like Melissa, where I don't know how to meet my own needs, then I can't clearly communicate that to someone else. And I'm just going to project all over them and be really upset when they're not meeting my needs, because what's happening in the projection is I'm seeing them not meeting my needs and it's reminding me of how I'm not meeting my needs. And that's what was happening in Melissa's marriage. She isn't meeting her own needs and her husband not meeting her needs is really triggering her because that's what's going on inside of her. So when she does get to a place where she knows how to meet her own needs, then she'll be able to clearly communicate those needs to her husband, not from a wounded little girl place, but from a, I I know my needs, I know how to meet my needs, and I can communicate certain needs to another person in a way that is clear. So it's important to know that difference. You can have needs and not be needy. So let me repeat that. You can have needs, but not be needy. Like for example, you need food. That doesn't make you needy. (laughs) It doesn't mean something's wrong with you because you need food. It's just part of how we sustain as humans. And as humans on an emotional, I'd say metaphysical, even spiritual level, we need other people and we need people to meet certain needs. But again, not from that place of, I can't do it for myself. So you do it for me more from the place of 
this is a need I have in the relationship so we can feel more bonded. It's a difference between coming from your past triggers and your present day vision of where you are and where you want to go. Another way to say it is it's the expression of a need versus the expectation of a need to be filled by someone else. So a big part of Melissa's work is really using her triggers, being excited when the triggers happen and using them and going, okay, I'm triggered. That means I have a need that needs to be met and I'm expecting someone else to do it for me. So let me go in, talk to little Melissa, be my own inner parent here, see how I can meet my own need. For example, when she reached out to her mother, she could meet her own need by really acknowledging everything she's been through instead of having the expectation of her mother to fulfill that need. So I hope this is making sense. I think you guys are getting it. But that's your that's one of your big takeaways from this episode is think about all the things you want from other people. People that are disappointing you, needs that aren't being met, write a list, my unmet needs, people that are disappointing me, things people aren't doing for me. <laughs> And see on that list how you're not doing those things for yourself. And learn how to communicate in ways to people in your life where you express a need. This is what I need. This is what it will provide me with. And this is how you can do it. That way it's not expecting someone to be a mind reader. And it's not coming at them like, oh my God, you don't get me. You don't understand me. (laughs) From that needy place. And that inner parent inner parent, those of you who've been listening to the show for years, you're like, oh, it always comes back to the inner child. Yeah, usually it does. So once again, if you want to join us for inner child level two, just go to christinehasser.com slash inner child bundle. And that way you can, you can be there with us in September as well. Just remember interdependent world. However, we are sovereign beings. And that means that really it is an inside out approach. We fulfill our own needs. We understand how to communicate them. And then we can connect and express with others and have that interdependence. But first we have to be independent on fulfilling our own needs internally and not projecting them on others. Hard to do sometimes, but I have faith in you. You can do it. All right, everybody. Much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Bye.